Welcome everyone to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate here with Jimbo. What up? What up? And uh, we've got a number of things we want to talk about today, so we're going to just jump right in, not waste any time. And the first thing I want to talk about is the big news yesterday, David Stearns. This will be quick. David Stearns, of course, stepped down as the Brewers president of baseball operations. Um, I can't exactly tell you the last time a guy stepped down from a, a leading an entire team um, and not retired or something like that. Like there's guys that step down and then leave baseball, you know, Theo Epstein left managing and, and or GM president of baseball ops and, and became a lead guy in the MLB. Right. But not, not, or guys retire, but not what he did. He stepped down and became an advisor to the new president of baseball operations, Matt Arnold, um, our former GM. And uh, an interesting situation, and one that I think has two outcomes here. <clears throat> one, the positive spin zone, is that he was not engaged and didn't want to, um, didn't want to, put in all the work of being a president of baseball operations and, you know, family. And I think he has a young kid now and, or he's going to have a kid or something like that. And maybe he wants to do other things with his life than life than running a, running a baseball organization. Potential could see that happening. The higher potential is that the Mets want him. He's a New York kid. He wants to go to the Mets though. I've also heard that the Astros potentially would get rid of their, uh, guys in charge to hire him because uh, their owner loves him. Um, so I've seen that rumor. I don't know if it's true because how could you remove guys from power that are in the World Series four out of the last six years, get rid of those guys, or maybe not. They weren't there the entire time. But um, you get my point. Uh, so it seems like it's probably a power play. Hey, you're not going to trade me. I have a year left in my contract. Well, I'm going to step down, become way less valuable to you as a as a uh, advisor, and force you into either keeping me as an advisor. What a waste of what a waste! Or because I'm not as valuable to you anymore because I'm not president of baseball ops, you're going to be want to trade me to because he has got one year left on his contract. Trade me to the Mets for what we can get now. I've never seen an exec get traded. I don't know of one happening. I um, Maybe there has been. But Ozzie Guillen got traded years ago from the White Sox to the Marlins um, as a coach. So, you know, like these things happen. You don't see it very often where a non-player gets traded. But it has happened before. Um, it can happen again. And so I am curious to see if we end up being like one of the first teams ever to trade an executive to a different team. And what you could get for him is is the curiosity. Like, obviously, he's not the lead guy. So you're not trading away your lead guy anymore. But I don't think that <clears throat> negates any of the in, uh, value he has because we all know why he stepped down if he does end up getting traded. So I think you should still shoot for what you would have tried to get before. And whether that is prospect value, like you're not getting Francisco Alvarez, you're not getting Brett Beatty, you know, but maybe you could get a Matt Allen. You know, maybe that's shooting too high. Maybe you could get the Mets to take on 
um, a bad contract of which the Brewers don't really have too many. Yelich is the only glaring bad contract. I don't know if they would take him on um, for the sake of getting David Stearns, but maybe you could get him to eat some money, something, something like that. Maybe you could just get him to buy David Stearns for, Hey, send $50 million over and we will give you David Stearns type of thing. I don't know what the potentials are, but it is a very curious situation that I've never seen. And I am, excited to see play out from a like if he just stays in Milwaukee then no I'm not I'm not curious at all but if he can get traded and see what a trade package for a exec like that would be I am super curious yeah so I, I I'm pretty sure I've, I remember an, an executive being traded but uh fun fact our uh broadcaster of the Tigers like the like the OG broadcaster of the Tigers Ernie Hartwell Harwell mm-hmm was actually traded for a player. Really? Yeah. How oh, cool is that? I mean, you could trade anybody, I guess. As long as you yeah. sign a contract, I suppose you can get traded. And then wasn't wasn't the Boston uh, coach traded to the Blue Jays back in the day? Uh, the guy that was replaced by Alex Cora? Oh, um, <clears throat> I have no idea. I can't remember. But, yeah. I, you know, we've seen Ozzie Guillen. Yeah. I just – I just I didn't do any research on if execs have been traded because I wasn't that curious, but I am. I just want to know if he would get traded to the Mets. Like, what is he worth? Yeah, it's not as much. Honestly, I, I don't think they would trade like any MLB. Like it would be like a, uh, like a fringe, like a super fringe minor leaguer, like with a, like a pitcher, like an arm. I, unless it was like a bad contract or something like that. See, here is here is my thought here is that normally I would say yes, I think I agree. But if there's another team in there that also wants to get him to work for them, then there's a little bit more incentive to get a trade done so that you have him in the building and then you can sign him to a contract extension as your president of baseball ops. <laughs> if it's just the Mets, they're just like, yeah, we'll just wait a year and call it a day. Um, but if it's the Mets and the Astros, then it's like, oh, crap, another team wants him. What can we do to get him in the door early and show that he should play here? And it's not going to be, you know, they're not going to give up any 50 future value guys. But could you sneak a 45 future value pitcher out of there and have the Brewers work their magic on him and see what they can get? I would love that. Yeah, I guess you never know. But, I mean, man, if I was an owner and if there was, like, someone that was out – in the league that was like obviously like a game changer, like a Theo Epstein or something, someone like that, I would a hundred percent trade for him. Cause yeah. I mean that, I mean, you got just like, uh, like economically, like the returns that that person will create for you, for your club alone, that they're just making one small minor move. That's better than, than, you know, anyone else It pays for itself. I think the, um, the Brewers hired him in 2015. It's been seven years since his hiring four of those years ended in the playoffs. One of those years ended with us just missing the barely missing the playoffs. And two of those years were rebuilding years in which we got the fifth pick and the ninth pick in the draft. You know, like, like there is, if you can take a Brewers team that had only <clears throat> been to the playoffs, um, five times before that point in their entire history, and then you get to the playoffs four times in seven years under one guy, that's like, if I have a struggling team, yeah, I'm taking that guy, and I'm trying to replicate what the Brewers have been doing with pitching. 
Well, that was my other question is uh, like who, who I would be very curious on who the mastermind is for the, the pitching intelligence. Cause usually it's one person and they trickle down effect of all like his team, like, uh, cause usually, you know, let's say the head guy, they're not really the one going out and finding them. It's, it's the, their team. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Dombrowski, Dombrowski, like when I was with the Tigers, you just saw him going around shaking, saying, hey, this is Dave Dabrowski. Nice to meet you. And he would say it to everyone. Like, even if you met him a hundred times, he would literally go around. Like, it was almost like a voice recording. I was like, there's no way this dude does it. Like, what is he doing? But it's, it was like Alavila. Like, there were so many people, like the farm yeah. directors, like all that. So I'm curious if wherever he goes, does he bring the squad with him? And are you concerned if that happens? Well, I'm sure some guys would go, but I'm sure some guys would stay with Matt Arnold, move up higher in the <clears throat> in the Brewers organization. Um, but I do think that he's probably laid the groundwork for people to have learned from him for seven years, you know, and and whoever whoever has been in the organization will have been learning these these steps along the way from whoever it is that has been at least teaching the pitching really well. Um, and so. Well, yes, there's always a concern about losing brain power. You, I'm watching it with the Green Bay Packers this year. We lost a ton of coaching talent in the offseason, and lo and behold, our team is atrocious. Um, and uh, you know that that is always that is always a concern. But I do think that hopefully he has set it up well enough, especially with Matt Arnold right behind him, a very smart man himself, uh, yeah. ready to take the wheel. Because if you think, um, what was it in 2019, Ben Charrington, do you remember him? Mm-hmm. GM, uh, he switched over to the Pirates uh, as the GM. I love, I think this dude's brilliant. But you can already see what he's doing to the uh, to the Pirates, and it's just inc- it's incredible, like how how like a few key pieces like that can change a franchise. I'm not saying the Pirates are you know, world series contenders or anything, but I I'm very impressed with what they built since 2019. Yeah. You know, what's and, funny uh, to me. What's that on that, on that vein is like, you get all these smart guys, Dave, David Stearns, Ben Charrington. Um, uh, why can't I think of the uh, Dodgers GM right now? Anyways, Dodgers, Astros, Brewers, Pirates, Rays, Orioles, all these, all these GMs are from the same pipeline right now, right? A lot of them, yeah. And lo and behold, you get Dave Dombrowski leading another team to a World Series. That dude doesn't care about prospects. That dude just signs guys and somehow makes the World Series. It blows my mind because all these other teams are like, nah, we're not, you know, we're going to do be smart, this and that. <clears throat> Dave Dombrowski comes in and... You know when he when he was the manager of um, general manager of the Tigers, he just spent a ton of money, right? And when he was the GM of um, was it the Red Sox after that? Mm-hmm. He was he the president of, at the Red Sox. Spent a ton of money, and now he's the Phillies. What is he doing? Spent a ton of money, and it worked. Yeah, I mean that's what he does, man. And he even says it going in. That's why, and and he'll trade any prospects to win now. Like, oh my gosh, with the Tigers, if we had a pro, like, I can't believe Nick Castellanos stayed almost, I think, through his entire contract besides the, the last half. And then we traded him the Cubs. 
but just the fact that like he he was a win now he went out and got Anibal Sanchez you know that's what he does and I was actually thinking this yesterday uh, I was like man how did I not realize the Phillies were going to go to the World Series like Dave Dombrowski I'm sure he's not going to be with the Phillies for over 10 years so like wherever he goes next put a future put a future after his first or second year he's probably going to make the World Series that's what he does as long as his team has a payroll. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing he's not signing Kyle Schwarber and Nick Cassianos um a season nice. after giving like JT nice. Real Muto extension after a season after signing Bryce Harper, you know, if you're on the Oakland A's. Yeah. Yeah, they spent some money. You got Zach even Zach Wheeler was a huge huge yeah. contract, but Hey, that's a good segue into the uh the World Series starts tonight. And, uh, you know, there's, there's no games on, so I don't, we don't need to spend a ton of time into this. We'll, we'll talk about it next week when we've actually seen some outcomes of, of games. Um, but it is interesting to me because a lot of people are treating the Phillies as a underdog, I guess you'd say, and the Astros as the juggernaut. And yeah, the Astros are a juggernaut and it is like the largest differential in wins between two playoff teams in, um, MLB world series history so i get that but but it's not like the phillies don't spend an absolute ton of money so we got highest mlb team payrolls 2022 by boardroom um just the quickest thing i could find dodgers 265 million yankees or mets 261 million yankees 251 million Philadelphia Phillies, $242 million. The Astros are down at eighth with $182 million. Oh, man. That's a $60 million difference between the quote-unquote juggernaut Astros and the surprise to be there. uh, Can't believe they've made it this far, Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, the difference is – so if, if you compare the team, so if the Astros basically still had Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. and if and then throw and another, Cole. what's that? If they added Garrett Cole and Carlos Correa to their roster, yeah, well, wasn't Garrett Cole over thirty mil? Well, I'm but, we're, I'm kind of, but the, but to put it in perspective, like that that's the difference between when we talk about like the this the payroll. That's the difference when we hear 60 million, like Garrett Cole, you know, he might get you a win or two, you know, pitch would say he's your ace, you know, you throw him game one and then game four, that's two games. And then Carlos Correa, you know, big, big bat at short, you know, you move Jeremy Pena to wherever. Um, But it's, but it's interesting, but I was actually, I was looking at the schedule. I'm at. I was looking at the schedule earlier today. They play the first game tonight. Today's Friday, October 28th. Uh, for whenever you're, uh, whenever you're listening to this, um, but I kept going back on back and forth on who I was going to pick to win it all. Mm-hmm. And I can't think like this is a I, this is going to be a fun World Series because honestly, I don't see a front runner. Well, let me tell you. Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez are good. Are they as are they is that combination better than Zach Wheeler and uh Aaron Nola? I mean, I would rather have 
I would rather have the Phillies pitching than the Yankees. And 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 that's the thing. It's like the Blue Jays pitching is not better. I like George Kirby and <coughs> Luis Castillo and stuff, but I'm not taking that over the Phillies starters, at least their front two. And um, I'm not taking the Yankees front two over over the Phillies front two. And so for me, maybe Garrett Cole is the best pitcher the Astros have faced. But the second and third best pitchers they're going to face this postseason is happening in the World Series. Yeah, but I, I would take that for a grain of salt because it's they the Astros play to whoever they're playing. You know, like they, their their strategy wise. No, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm. What I'm trying to say is that you know, people think the Astros are this like impossibly hard team to beat, yada yada yada. I'm just pointing out, yeah, that the two of the three hardest pitchers they're going to have to face are happening this postseason. It's not like the Phillies are just a cakewalk. No, oh, no, I don't think it's a cakewalk at all. I on, I, on the other is- end of the spectrum, um, some of the Phillies' toughest pitchers they had to face uh the the cardinals pretty good pitching the braves pretty good pitching they're not the astros um now that being said the astro i do think the astros <coughs> pitching numbers look a lot better when you realize they go up against the angels and the a's and the rangers uh all not very good teams kind of kind of props that up a bit yeah it's so I I also factor in with the Astros, like just the experience. Like yeah. they have so much experience in the in the World Series that that I don't know, it's gonna be tough. Um and I really no. think oh go ahead. Well, you know, the uh yes, they have experience in the World Series, but like the Phillies have Kyle Schwarber. He's been there there, done that. Yeah. Um Nick Cassianos has been to the postseason, anyways, and he's a vet now. Um, so crazy to think. Bryce Harper, uh, he wasn't on the Nationals when they were, won the World Series, but like he's been to the playoffs, and this year has clearly shown that he's going to do whatever it takes. Um, uh, Zach Wheeler, right, was on some of those Mets playoff teams. You know, they got Gene Segura. He's been around for years. Gene. On a bunch of different teams. I love Mean Gene. Um, probably my favorite Philly. Um, <clears throat> I mean, who else they got? JT Real Muto. He would he made playoffs with the with the Marlins, right? Uh yeah, maybe for a game or two. Yeah. I mean they weren't they the Marlins teams weren't great, but like they've got playoff experience, maybe they don't have as much, but they've got vets all over that are, are good. Yeah. Not just like Oh, we've got Andrew McCutcheon, who's 35. You know, yeah, he's got experience, but he's not that good anymore. We got actual good vets that have been there, done that. Yeah. So curious on your thinking. One thing that I worry about the Phillies is they, they came into the playoffs so hot. You know, they like they were they were rolling like one like at, at the start of the playoffs when they start playing, have been rolling in the playoffs, been playing great. I'm telling you, the the little break in Five between. Days off. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's brutal because five, like five days to us, let's say in a work week, whatever, it's like, it's a lot of days, but it's not that much. When you're in baseball, one day off, like you get, let's say you get one day off a month. It is like a holiday and it literally is like, I don't know, like it throws up your routine because you're in such a routine. Like think about mon- your Monday through Friday, your work schedule. 
but literally times that like plus Saturday and Sunday where you never have a weekend, like you have mm-hmm. weekends, but you never have weekends off. It's, it screws up with your mind. Like that's one thing that screwed up my mind the most when I was working in baseball, the, the constant working, like no balance. So five days probably feels like a summer to them. Yeah. And you know, they're going to say, Oh, we try to do simulations. They'll do simulations and simulated games. It's not the same, obviously. No, you don't have the, you don't have the anxiety, the, the, uh, fan crowd noise the anxiety the everything that goes along with like you can you can face 95 mile per hour pitching yeah but until you get that added pressure especially in philly dude like the philly (laughs) fans are wild man like like like, go ahead uh no no you go you go you go uh but i was just like let's say uh, let's say you have aaron nola come out uh you know he's thinking about let's say he has he's resting for six days because I'm guessing he's pitching game two where he's thinking about that, all that. But if he comes out and he has just a little bit off of command and he struggles the first inning or two, like instantly you got to have mental fortitude, like crazy to get out of that. And I mean, I'm sure they'll all be fine, but it's just something that I overthink things because when I'm, I'm simulating it in my head, I'm like, man, I, I can't even imagine having five days off at the end of the season than going into the World Series. Yeah, but both teams have that. True, true. So it's not but, just going to be like <clears> – I know the Astros have more experience in the playoffs lately, but, you know, both teams have that issue. Yeah. Um, so even playing field. It is – it, it reminds me of, you know, when you're in high school and the coach is like, hey, you all have to practice your free throws. So you add lunch, you grab basketball, you put up 50 free throws or whatever, you make – let's say 35 of them, 40 of them. Um, And then you get to the game and over the course of the season, you shoot like 35% from free throw, but you make them all at lunch. It's because there's no pressure at lunch. There's no pressure to actually have to score points. There's no pressure with people watching you and same thing, same thing for those organized games. Um, Real quick before we should shift gears here. uh, Bryce Harper looking at some of his cards and Bryce Harper, Bowman Chrome, Base Auto from 2011, BGS9, has jumped up a significant amount. Um, it's ju- it's doubled in price since last year, since December 15th, 2021, from $425 to $850. And in the last three months, it's jumped up 70% from $500 bucks to $850. $850, the last sale on the 24th of October. And I want to bring this up because <clears throat> I want to make sure I hammer this point home. You look at Aaron Judge graphs right now. Yep. What do they do? They they climbed up, climbed up, climbed up, shot up at end of September, October, and then inevitably there are people that held on to Aaron Judge cards hoping that they do something in the playoffs. They didn't, and prices from $1,000 end of September to today at like four hundred dollars a little bit under for our 2013 bowman base psa 10 that's a six hundred dollar drop in three weeks and you know for those of us that have been around you're like yeah you sell the hype you always sell the hype but you know for a fact there were people that definitely held those cards hoping for the yankees to do damage in the playoffs and 100 percent missed their selling window yeah yeah and I think we talked about it on an episode because I remember asking, I was like, I bet the peak was when he was chasing the home run thing. Yeah. Even, even if he did well in the playoffs, 
I I bet I bet it wouldn't touch the home run. Yeah, because there's there's no chance you're breaking a 61 year old record. There's no chance you're going to get more hype than that in the playoffs. You could win the World Series, and you're not going to get more hype than that. It's Aaron Judge and only Aaron Judge. Now, Albert Pujols was chasing 700 at the time, so I guess we have that. But, like, everyone was focused on Aaron Judge. Yeah. In the playoffs, not everyone is just focused on Aaron Judge. Garrett Cole could be doing something. Nestor Cortez could be doing something. Harrison Bader could be doing something, which he did. Um, And so, like, all the hype in the world was there. How could you get any more hype from them winning the playoffs? You can't. Even if they won the World Series, you couldn't. And and then inevitably you also have the offseason. So if you are sitting here listening to this and you have Bryce Harper cards and you're trying to figure out if you don't want to sell them, you don't want to sell them. If you want to keep them, you want to keep them. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to figure out when to sell right now, use Aaron Judge as a warning in that, you know, if you bought last May, yeah, you'd still be happy with three hundred sixty dollars, but you'd be kicking yourself for not selling at nine hundred. Um, but if you bought in August you lost a ton of money. If you bought in September, you lost a ton of money um, with fees. If you even bought in like July, you're probably losing money. And so you got to know when to sell. And Bryce Harper's time is right now. Bryce Harper's time is probably last week, but it's definitely with World Series starting. It's right now. You got to get those things listed if you want to sell because, yes, they could win the World Series and it could go up some, but it will inevitably go down in the playoffs or after the playoffs in the offseason. And if they don't win the World Series – you took on all that risk for them to not win, and then you're missing you're missing the boat. See the way the way I look at this logic, like the 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 logic I look at it as in, okay, if you think it's the best time to sell, let's say you're like, okay, I think if if he wins the World Series, this is the best time to sell. People that are looking to buy him are thinking the same thing, so they're they're gonna buy him earlier. And then, but if they win, if they win the World Series, people are like, "Oh, I might as well just wait till the off season because they just won the World Series. Why would I buy it?" So, like one thing, one thing that I always love to do is, let's say, if I had a Bryce Harper card, and I would rather sell it before Game One, because the way you, you think about it, as in, okay, if if the Phillies lose the first game, well, then people are like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't buy the Bryce Harper card because maybe they don't win the World Series," or let's say they win the first game. Oh, they won the first game. It might be too late to buy the buy his cards because they're probably going to win the world series and everyone's buying right now. So like, that's why, like for me though, I'd rather get it. I would rather sell right before where everyone's like, okay, right now is such a good time to buy because I'm going to wait. I'm going to sell it after the world series. And one, one thing that I always think about is uh, like one scenario was, you know, Mahomes when he won his first Super Bowl. And he was down, I don't know, he was down like at the half and they looked pretty bad. And then he came back and won it in like heroic, all that. He was, he was young, all that, you know, next time Brady, people were saying all that good stuff. And his cards actually went down after he won the Super Bowl, like that day after coming back, doing all that. So like, what else could he have done to get his cards up? No, it, it, you, you, he couldn't have done anything. He did everything possible, but the best time to sell was before the game. Yep. So, well, cause if, yeah, if you wait for everyone else, simple. So we've been through it before, simple supply and demand, mm-hmm. but here's another, and it's all about the player too, because let's say you have a sneaky player, like, uh, Matt Veerling. 
yeah, like no one's even thinking about that dude right now. Maybe some, like maybe Phillies fans are, or the, the deep baseball people, but the, you know, they're like, Oh, that's not the first person I'm going to buy. But let's say he has a huge, you know, huge bird series like uh, Jorge Soler, like last year, everyone's rushing to, to buy him. So that's a guy that I would hold on to till maybe after or wait to see how he goes or have it listed or have an auction going. Actually what I would do with a kid like that, I would have the auction going for seven days starting tonight. So I have heard auctions have been pretty bad on eBay lately. Oh, really? Yeah, like real bad. Oh, so, but he, but, but timing that window, the reason why I say auction is like, yeah, you're taking a risk, but if he does anything, not a lot of people, people are going to be chasing to get his cards listed. But if you already have an auction going, just like how I kind of do with the prospects, I try and get them listed before, like the day before they get debuted or, or around that time. So it's already live when the announcement comes out. Yep. All right. Two, yeah. two other second. quick things. So I just want to say if, if the if the Phillies do win this, I thought this was interesting. That means the NL East has three of the four last World Series winners. So Nationals, Dodgers, Braves, Phillies. Yeah. It's an NL world, man. We're just li- you're just living in it. Welcome to the club. NL Dude. world. Which is crazy because I remember growing up, it was always AL, winning All-Star Game, World Series, all that good stuff. But Not anymore. This ain't yeah. your grandpa's uh, MLB. <laughs> and the other thing I wanted to ask is, and I know we didn't talk about this before, but who 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 do you have winning this, this series? I'm curious. Heart or brain? <laughs> Potato. Because my heart goes with the Phillies, because that's what I really want. Um, my brain says to me that Astros pitching staff is just so stinking good. Um, Bryce Harper is amazing, but I still think the Astros probably have the Phillies fans are going to hate to hear this. They're going to hate that I'm about to say this. I still think the Astros have the best hitter in Jordan Alvarez. Oh, I, I. I could like he's my MVP next year that I was going to pick. I think I picked him this year, but dude, with the shift and everything changing, I'm telling you, that dude is incredible. And recency bias aside on this, because obviously, recent, recent 11 game stretches, Bryce Harper is the best hitter in the world, but we're going to take that out of this. And it is Jordan Alvarez is the best hitter in the series. Um, <clears throat> Justin Verlander. Late season collapse aside is, you know, the best has been there, done that, the most experienced and also probably the best pitcher in the series. Um, but outside of that, you know, those those are the two glaring like this is big. I mean, Christian Javier is really good. So I don't know. It, obviously, yeah. we've seen in the playoffs that it all just comes down to the mo- the, the little moments. Um, but I, I, I think that. Talent-wise, the Astros should win. Heart-wise, I want the Phillies to win. And, and of course, it just comes down. Justin Verlander makes one mistake pitch to Gene Segura. That could be the difference in the game. Nobody's expecting Gene Segura to be the winner of a World Series, but it could happen. You know, we just don't know. Yeah, you never know. Could have a good four or five games, whatever. Um, I'm in I'm in the same boat as you, man. Like, I... I want to pick the Phillies, but the Astros, they just keep winning. And honestly, I think the Astros will win it. 
if uh, will win it if Jose Alvarado, they're they're the Phillies lefty bullpen uh, guy, filthy stuff, but he can get wild. Like his command can be wild, or he can be lights out. I and mean, I think it's up to him. He will be like the the teeter totter for me because they're going to go to him in high pressure <laughs> situations, especially uh, as a lefty. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It always it 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 does a lot come down to the to the little guys. The the Mike Brosows last year in uh in the World Series when he hits that huge home run, like those are the type of guys that they might only have one hit in the entire series, but if it comes in a big moment, um, it's huge. Like you're gonna get production from Bryce Harper presumably, and you're gonna get production from Kyle Schwarber presumably, and you're gonna get production. From you hope Altuve, but he didn't until the last two games. Um, and Jordan and stuff like that. It's what can, <clears throat> what can, um, I'm trying to think of that random outfielder that the Astros have right now that I just cannot come up with his name. Michael Brantley? No. Uh, McCormick. Oh, Chaz yeah. McCormick. What can he do for you? You know? Yeah. So, I, yeah. but we should, we should move on because I am, I am uh, pressed for time this afternoon and I still yeah. want to talk about one more thing. And that is tops update comes out today. Um, if you are listening to this tops update is out officially and uh, it's expensive over a hundred dollars a box, which um, just really briefly, I wish those prices would come down more because um, card prices are coming down. So like, it's going to take a while because distributors are still charging the same prices for everything. And so card shops have to charge because they need to make money or else you're not going to have a card shop to go to. Um, so it's a whole big thing. So we need it to come from the tops and the Panini levels um, first to then go to the distributors that are all getting kicked out the door anyways, once fanatics completely takes over. So we don't really have to worry about that. So it's going to be a few years, but um, uh, I hope <laughs> I hope we get back to like the $50 tops flagship boxes um, if that's where the single prices are. I bet it will. That being said, the uh, the rookie checklist for this thing and we'll just we'll just cover cover this cover this briefly cuz like we don't I don't have any sale prices or anything. Um, but it's pretty good. So there's 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 an absurdly large checklist, 330 players long. That's insanity. Uh, it just, just absolutely insane. So, you know, so, it, that it's going to be hard to hit your favorite rookies, especially color, with a 330 person checklist. Now, the rookie checklist is 62 cards long, and there's some big names in there: um, Torkelson, C.J. Abrams, Lucius Fox, not a big name anymore, but former big name, Julio Rodriguez, right? Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, um. Mackenzie Gore, Royce Lewis. Who else we got in here? Heliot Ramos, Hunter Green, George Kirby, Alec Thomas, MJ Melendez, um, Gabriel Arreyes, Seiya Suzuki, Jeremy Pena, Stephen Kwan, Johan Duran, uh, Nick Lodolo, and that might be it. Yeah, so Nick Lodolo is like the last really big name. So there's quite a few big names. Now, of course, Lodolo, Hunter Green, 
Um, Mackenzie Gore, those are pitchers. So you're really, you know, you're looking at Spencer Torkelson, CJ Abrams, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr., Heliot Ramos, George Kirby's a pitcher, Alec Thomas, Seiya Suzuki, Gabriel Reyes, Jeremy Pena, and Stephen Kwan. That's a pretty good list. It reminds me of 2018, honestly. I think this is the best one since 2018. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, 2019 was good, but that was just star power, top heavy. Yeah. And now that we've advanced in years, it's like you could get the short print Vlad, which was nice, but it's not. It's not. You know, you don't get anything else of Vlad. Tatis, his star has fallen. Pete Alonso, his star has fallen. Eloy Jimenez, his star has fallen, and there's nobody else in it. Um, 2020 top series one has Bobby or Bo Bichette. And Jordan Alvarez, um, and it had a couple other guys that were decent ideas at the time, uh, Kyle Lewis, and uh, <clears throat> a couple other, but I can't, I can't think of them right now. Um, oh, uh, Randy Rosarina, but like that's not great. So mm-hmm. right now you've got at least from a from a star power standpoint of just Bobby Witt and Julio Rodriguez, you have the you have the tip top and then after that your your secondary guys of spencer torkelson at least for me and you can tell me if you agree or disagree jimbo your secondary guys of spencer torkelson mm-hmm. and elliot ramos and i'd say elliot ramos is probably a third dairy guy but uh spencer torkelson alec thomas bryson stott i forgot to even mention him mm-hmm. say Suzuki, jeremy pena that's pretty good and then like those those third guys are Stephen Kwan and Gabriel Reyes and MJ Melendez, um, Heliot Ramos. Like those guys are guys that, and Royce Lewis, if he comes back from injury, those are guys that could pop in the coming years. So you have like all the tiers you could want. You've got the superstars, the stars that aren't aren't Julio and Bobby Witt level, but are are very good, maybe potential all stars right now. And then you've got the guys that are like decent names have some talent and could pop off mm-hmm. and that's what i like to see uh from a product is is potential across the board yeah i agree uh there's one pitcher in here that that i think is super sneaky is this bryce elder kid he's the pitcher for the braves kid's filthy i i think he's gonna he's a sneaky one in this i know he's the, uh, will the braves ever stop <coughs> producing young talent Probably That's not the question until they get rid of until they make change up their front office. I think they're pretty well set. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it just has it has all the levels you could I could want. You know, you buy it hoping for Julio and Bobby Witt, obviously. But if you walk out of there with a gold, gold Spencer Torkelson, are you going to be upset? If you walk out of there with a gold, you know, uh, Father's Day blue Gabriel Reyes or Alec Thomas, you're going to be upset. No, you're going to be you're going to be thrilled. Yeah. Well, I'm curious because of how big this checklist is. I wonder what the print run is on this on these are because with a big checklist like this, my hoping is that these rookies are rare, like hard hard to pull, and hopefully, it kind of you, gets back to having the rookies be worth something again. Do you wanna do you wanna place some bets on if that's gonna be the case or not? No, because I'm gonna see a tweet or I'm gonna see a Instagram whatever with post tomorrow with all these different 
numbers that I can't even understand saying this is how many's printed all this. I'm going to be like, okay, I guess we're wrong, but I'm just yeah. hoping because, but that's something the people that are listening, that's something to watch. Like if you're watching breaking and all that, see how often the players that you like are being pulled. If there's one per box, not as intriguing, but if there's one, every four boxes, five boxes, whatever, remember that and go, go pick them out. Uh, you know, in, in dollar boxes or wherever, wherever they're cheap. Uh, because some people will just assume that it's the same print run year after year, but a lot of times it's not. And by a lot of times it's not, he means a lot of times it goes up by the thousands every single year, <laughs> not down. <laughs> you never know, but I do like your, your optimism here. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had the same amount of optimism. Uh, Sadly, I do not, but I will say I do think the Fanatics takeover is going to be good for things like this, and uh, I have high hopes, high, high hopes for the Fanatics uh, tops merger and what that will do for cards in the future, especially for releases like this. Yeah. Does that mean I have to be negative about it since you're positive about that? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. We're going to get Jimbo to be negative for the first time. Can't do it. Feels weird. Can't Um. do it. But I do want to go back to, I know you're going to be mad because it's going to run a little bit longer. I just dove really deep into looking at the, analyzing the Astros and the Phillies. And one thing I remembered, the Astros have almost no lefties in the pen. So good luck with Schorber. Good luck with Bryce. Good luck yeah. with that. So just. I, I saw something today on that topic. Schwarber, like a six something OPS against righties, a nine something OPS against lefty. Oh no. Uh, Nine something OPS against righties, six something OPS against lefties. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Harper, seven eighty something OPS against lefties, and like a thousand OPS against righties. Mm-hmm. Stuck in the middle there, and the reason why teams don't necessarily always want to go like here, we're gonna have a have a lefty face Schwarber, and then Harper is because stuck in the middle there is Reese Hoskins, who has a like nine fifty OPS against lefties. So then you have to like pick your poison. But for me, I would rather only face one guy. I'd rather bring in Josh Hader and have him face one guy that mashes lefties really well and two guys that don't, as opposed to having two guys that mash righties and one that does not as much. Cassianos, though, telling you that dude crushes lefties. Like probably the best in the league. I mean, I don't know stat wise this year, but just like longevity. Like as a as a hitter, great, like fantastic. And one last thing, Brian Abreu, it could be a huge, it could be a big factor in this game because Dusty goes to him in a lot of high leverage opportunities. When you're watching, keep that in mind. So, I like it. Um, Brian Abreu, rookie in uh, 2019, something like that. So, yeah. Um, all right. I do have to cut it off there because uh, I am I, I I have to get my wife a sandwich at the very least before uh, her lunch that is 19 minutes Uh-oh. and the, the sandwich place is at least 10 minutes away and they're probably not going to make a sandwich instantaneously so joys joys there uh, but Jimbo thank you good conversation had today um, I hope you enjoy the World Series I hope everyone that is listening to this enjoys the World Series and. If you find yourself out and about, open up a couple tops update boxes or a tops update blaster and uh, see what you can do. 
Other than that, thank you everyone for listening to today's Dinging Corners, and we will talk to you guys again next Friday. Deuces. <laughs>